0: Hey, hey, it's Fat Mascara. I'm Jen. I'm Jess. Welcome. Welcome. We're, we're like careening towards the end of the summer. By the time you listen to this, it's... Like the last week of August. That's right. And next week, I'm going to be away because it's
1: my honeymoon. Where are you going? I'm going to Botswana. For how long? For like two weeks. You know I'm <laughs> obsessed. I'm, guys, I'm obsessed with the BBC's like Planet Earth documentaries, yeah. nature documentaries. I have been my whole entire life. I've had like Okavango Zelta in my mind. Like someday <laughs> I will get there and I will see the hippos and the everything. So I'm going to the Okavango Delta. Like, I'm almost peeing my pants. If I see a hippo, like, in
0: its natural environment, like, I'm speechless. Can you picture a little? Wait a second. You and I met in Ghana, basically. Did you remember seeing a hippo walking around? We didn't see a hippo, but we did see, like, elephants. We saw some cool stuff. So let's not make it seem like, you've never been to Africa. I know, but if I see a hippo
1: outside of water, just a cute little baby hippo waddling around. That's cute little baby. Oh, my God. I'm going to freak out. Anyway, so I'll be on honeymoon, but we're going to run one of our favorite episodes next week. So you're not going to be dark. There's still going to be your fat mascara And we're thinking
0: of you guys. We're not trying to leave you in a pinch, but she's got to get out there. She's got to celebrate her marriage. I
1: do. Now, let's talk about our podcast for a moment before we talk about our topics and our wonderful guest. It has come to our attention. Yes. So there are lots of new podcasts out there. There's lots of beauty podcasts out there. And there's lots of these paid podcasts out there where like a brand sponsors a podcast or someone gets paid to put someone on their podcast. Jess, can you explain to everybody how our podcast works so everybody knows?
0: Here's how it works. (laughs) Jen and I think someone's cool. So we email them and we say, would you like to be on our show? They come and they get no money. They come for free. Well, we don't get money either for them. Yeah, no, no, no. They get this zero dollars is exchanged between the two of us. This isn't branded content or native advertising or hidden. And then someone wrote somewhere that like, you know, Jen and Jess get paid to talk about the products. Listen, we're talking about some Shantakai thing I love for Razor One or Jen's talking about peaches or clementines or, you know, whatever it is. This is genuinely like our editorial with a capital E decision. Now. Do we get products gratis through work? Yes. But nobody's saying, you need to talk about this in fat mascara. Like, and that's the quid pro Not pro. at all.
1: And also, we do sometimes go on press trips, which is part of our day job with brands that are important because they want to introduce a new product. You do not get money to go on these press trips. We try not to let... We definitely don't let it influence us on fat mascara. Like, Absolutely just because I went on a trip, I'm going to talk about a product. There's no, like, pay for play like that's that. That's
0: why we have this thing, baby. So we can call the shots. Yes. Okay. We will say... If
1: something is paid for, like our sponsors, which we call sponsors, we will clearly let you know. And we will continue to do that as we continue the podcast. We will call it out so you know that this person is a sponsor. Please also know we've turned down sponsors. We've turned down
0: probably, I would say, like... Almost half of those. Yeah, easily. We're
1: not going to talk about something that we don't believe in or recommend it to you or give you a discount code if we ourselves haven't tried it or recommend it. And just so you know, we do get money for those sponsorships, but they go to offset the production costs of the of the podcast.
0: Sadly, this podcast is not free. We are in us. a rented studio <laughs> with, a, with producer Molly. She ain't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I do want to give you guys a heads up. This fall, you can expect some branded episodes. Yes. They will be dropping on a different day than our normal Tuesday. And clearly marked to be from
1: sponsors so you understand that this...
0: That doesn't mean it's going to be any less amazing. Yeah, we're not working with brands or folks who we think are a snooze. Yeah. Like, if they're... They're exciting episodes, but this is, you know, unfortunately, we don't have someone like funding us and this really is, but this has been self-funded. I mean, we've been
1: self-funding and it for We, we years. have been
0: self-funding. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're our daddy warbox. So yeah. I hope you guys can understand. I hope you guys, this makes sense. If you have any questions, please shoot us an email, info at fatmascara. We're happy to discuss. And, you know, we bring you guys what we believe in and like beauty news and we On just that would, note, keep it cool. Yeah. yeah. Shall we get off our soapboxes and
1: talk about beauty? Hold on. Okay. <laughs> so this week, we have, Oh my god, this episode is such a winner. We've got First we're going to talk about SPF affecting the way your makeup goes on. Mm-hmm. We've both had issues. And then we're also going to talk about dermaplaning
0: and face shaving. Correct? Yes. Yeah, that's very hot right now. And then our guest, oh my god, you guys are going to love this. This is what um kind of thing my boss calls a reader pleaser. This is a real uh, a listener Love. I don't know. Listener lover. Yeah. Okay. Freaking Ron Robinson, who is one of the biggest beauty chemists, cosmetic chemists in the world, is here and he's here to answer your questions. We fielded almost all the questions just from you guys. So hope you enjoy. And we really like we want to have him back.
1: Find yourself together when you join Aloe Moves. Join the community on alomoves.com today and use code Mascara 20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's AlloMoves.com, code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's alomoves.com, and the code is MASCARA20.
0: Jen, I have a rare... And benign condition. What is it? Face dandruff. That's probably a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. Um, but what I mean is I put on my my skincare routine, which isn't very excessive. I think people are surprised to, to learn that like maybe an essence is like the craziest I go. Then I put my serum, one serum, and then I put my, you know, my moisturizer and then sometimes an SPF over it. But very often I just use a moisturizer that has SPF because I always get messed up when I put the SPF over the over the moisturizer and then put the foundation on. What happens? By the time I'm at work and I'm in the elevator and like the Hearst elevators have big mirrors, I noticed that there's like little specks, little balls, like rubber cement balls, all over the side of my face, sometimes in my hair, which is particularly remember, gorgeous. remember I found
1: one in your eyebrow once. Like oh, you just did little, the other and I was day. Like, what is that? Yeah, it looks like. I don't clean myself. Same thing happens to me, especially on the edges of my eyebrows. And we started talking about this when we were looking in the mirror. And I was like, but it really only happens in the summer. And then I was like, oh, yeah. I actually put on the extra step of an actual sunscreen in the summer when I'm outside. And the more you
0: rub it, the worse it gets. It starts pilling and you get
1: the little rubber cement. I know. I
0: know. Sometimes one time I had to start completely fresh at work. So what is this? What's going on? Well, obviously,
1: sunscreen doesn't play well with lots of other things. So I've been doing these experiments like all summer I've been my makeup has just been disappearing and I know it's not because of sweat like I'm in regular air conditioning mm-hmm. it's not like that and I realized all the different sunscreens I've used because I'm always testing are messing with my makeup and making it slip so I was like okay I need to switch to a primer right mm-hmm. so I tried all the
0: primers with the SPF it does, still doesn't work like the, the Chanel one's really good have you tried the Chanel one what, what is it's it like a UV the shaky well, shaky? Yeah, or... shaky 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 And that's a primer? That's a primer if they still make it. I used it a long time ago and I loved it. I've just never like, you know, had it again.
1: Okay, so I've been doing the experimenting so far. The only thing that I put it on and then my makeup stayed didn't have SPF. But can I tell you what it was? What was it? It was Dior Backstage Face and Body Primer. Oh, wow. And you know what's funny? My favorite foundation is Dior. It's the Nude Air Mm -hmm. Serum. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if it's because they were developed to play nice together. That would make sense. But then I use the Dior primer with my other foundations that I like, that new Shiseido one I told you about with the Flex technology Mm -hmm. that's coming out. And then I also use it sometimes with,
0: what's the other one?
1: Oh, a dermatologic. Ugh. dermalogica tinted moisturizer and it does well with all of them it makes it last around more
0: so most days i've spoken about this i really use the keel super multi-corrective cream spf 30 it's in the dark purple jar oh yeah you did that, say that. that's my one and done and then i wait a little while. Like I, waiting is key i go oh, do something I'm not else good but at waiting i put it on then i go do something else there's always something to do in the morning it's the fragrance it's the shoes it's the pack the bag you whatever that might be try it. waiting. But I also Jeff brought me back. He was in Japan for work. He brought me back um, some Japanese sunscreen just to like, you know, play around with. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make a sweeping statement, but I know that we've spoken about how Japanese um, Asian SPF technology is far superior. And they have the actives like a mascal or whatever that one is that we're not allowed to use here in the States. Well, I couldn't yeah. read it, but, <laughs> but but I'm using one. That's an SPF 50 because Kiehl's says SPF 30, the, mm-hmm. the cream. I'm using this separate one that I top on top of my moisturizer like a dream. And then you can still like put foundation a, yes, on and like it doesn't. Like a dream. Okay. So I think you
1: might. I'm going to I'm gonna put on the sunscreen and like step away from the mirror because mm-hmm. I'm always in a rush and I slap on the makeup right after. I think that's definitely key. Yeah. And maybe I'll try the Kiehl's.
0: Jen, there's a hot new trend in skincare. What? <laughs> Derma planning—it's really where, not where that new. Where have you been for the last five years? It's not that new. I just couldn't think of another intro. <laughs> you guys, have you heard—if we were
1: telling our listeners, "Have you heard about derma planning?" They'd be like, uh, "Next, yeah, Next. exactly,
0: unsubscribe." But what? you got new info for me. So I've just been a little, you know, d- as derma planning has gotten bigger, and as you guys know, derma planning is when either you go into a spa or a doctor's office. Um, or have one of these home devices. It's like a little tiny razor blade, um, not scary, and you use it to shave the, um, the ve- vellus hair off your face. And it also takes a lot of. Um, vellus? I think it's called vellus. Yeah, it absolutely it is. She for... means
1: the non puberty forming hair, so like peach fuzz. Peach fuzz. Like this isn't the armpit hair, pubic hair. Yeah, That's this a different is kind an, of hair. This
0: isn't for like a full vulgar- grown. hair. I, That's my girl I'm knowing some <laughs> vocab. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um so it takes off that vellus hair and it t- obviously with it goes some dead skin cells and the result is radiant smooth skin your makeup goes on like butter and it's just you know you you're looking radiant. Now there are some new devices out there. Some of them we've spoken about on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah, I feel like when
1: Dermaflash started getting popular, like it's just entered the normal lexicon mm-hmm. of like, this is the thing you need.
0: Yeah, Urban Skin Rx is doing an, um, a really cool set that is like a peel, like a retinol peel, but you use this little tiny t- razor. It's not mechanized like Dermaflash, um, but you manually kind of shave your face before putting on the peel. So I think we're going to we're be seeing a lot more of these things. Now... I had to. I had to know because some p- friends have been like, and beauty peeps have been like, "I don't know if this is such a good idea." I asked Doctor. What Den- putting
1: razor blades into the hands of untrained consumers? <laughs> yes. What could go wrong?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, they're not like the razor blade. When you say razor blade, like something scary, like the little, like you know, the scary one that you yeah, to it's cut not like paper. an old timey face. Like yeah, no, yeah. Um, but it is a razor. So I talked to Dr. Dendy Engelman and she really she took a pause, she thought about it, and she is a doctor, and I think she's very responsible. And she said, I really think that this sort of thing is best left in the hands of professionals because it can doing this improperly mm-hmm. over zealously. And we know that people, you know, if, if it works, why not do more? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you say five minutes, how about fifty? You know? So she is has real concerns about the micro um, tears that you can put in the skin using with using one of these things. I've used dermaflash before, loved it. So I've only had a positive experience. Mm-hmm. But I know that some people are like, you know, maybe they shouldn't be behind the, the behind a dermaflash. Yeah.
1: Well here's my word of warning which I got from an expert actually. Um Renee Rulo, amazing facialist yeah, in big. Austin, Texas. Uh, she worked on a story with us, maybe it was last year, about DIY dermatology, mm-hmm. and she was saying Some of them don't recommend, but this is key. You can't use that blade more than once, even if it's like one of those tiny little razors and it's a throwaway. Sorry, environment. You need to throw it away. You know what's
0: so funny? Dara, who is the founder of Dermaflash. Yeah. When I think about my meetings with her, because I've met with her a few times, yeah. that's like one of like the, the first takeaway is look how great your skin looks. The second takeaway is you cannot use those razors more than And it's once. not because she's trying to sell you more refills. No. It's truly like you're getting bacteria on there. They
1: dull after yeah. time. So um, the facialists that do this, they're very clear about you can only use one once. And I would agree with you. Don't go trying to buy the pro treatments and use them yourselves. I do think some of these, like the Dermaflash has a plastic buffer on it. The yeah. um, Urban Skin RX is in a, like a plastic casing it holds the blade at the right angle. So it's Mm -hmm. harder to mess up. But like wash your face first. You can't have moisturizer on. Take your time. Throw it out after. But agree with Dr. Dendy like you can also go into the doctor's office and get this done by a professional.
0: Right. But many of us don't have the time or the the funds to do that. So I, I love that these devices exist. I just think you know, read the instructions. When I opened my DermaFlash, it was like I didn't do this before work. I did this on a Sunday. <laughs> that was like some self care time, and you know, and my result was better. You need to really be thoughtful about it, and and less is more. Don't don't try to keep going if you think you, you got it all.
1: Just like shave your whole
0: face. <laughs> yeah, away. yeah. Just slow, slow your roll. Wait till next week. <laughs> got it. We are here with Ron Robinson, a cosmetic chemist and also the founder of BeautyStat Cosmetics. He is a trusted resource for beauty editors, like Jen and I for years. Years. I interviewed me. you years ago. Yes. Right? You're not <laughs> that old, but you were I know you look amazing, but it's, you really are like one of the first cosmetic chemists I ever emailed. And I email you, I feel like almost the most.
2: Yeah, we talk. We do chat a lot, so I, I, <laughs> I appreciate the engagement, and it's great to finally meet you in person, Jessica. Oh, really likewise,
0: is. likewise. So we're gonna get to know you a little bit, okay? And then you were so kind; you agreed to answer some of our listener questions. Thanks, guys, you're, you're awesome. Welcome to Fat Mascara, Ron. Welcome. Yay, thank you for Isn't having me. Isn't it nice to meet me too? Yeah, it's, <laughs> great. it's great to meet you, <laughs> know, so
2: Jen, absolutely. Yes, thank you so much for having me.
0: So, okay, you are a cosmetic chemist, but you're one of the few who, I I think I speak for Jen too, we can name firsthand. You know, it's like makeup artists or hairstylists, Where, but, Like, there's really just a finite amount that beauty editors call on. How did you get to be this person?
2: I think what, what I've worked at a lot of big companies, I started as a cosmetic chemist for a Clinique and worked there for many years and then moved into other product development roles at Lauder, L'Oreal, Revlon, Avon, et cetera. So after spending so much time and then leaving that the brand side to start a beauty stat, all of a sudden, a lot of editors reached out and said, "Hey, Ron, you're not you know you're you're <laughs> independent. you're you know you're a re- you could be a resource for us. and then it and it started from there. That's how it it all began
0: awesome and when I think of cosmetic chemists I really do think it's as I was just introducing you it's so crazy that we you know Jen and I and I speak for all I speak for all beauty editors here like <laughs> we don't profile them in the same way we do other folks in the industry. And we really don't know a lot of a lot of the people who are making the stuff. Instead, we're talking to the marketing person or the right. the founder. And Not that that's not appropriate. It just feels like there's something missing. So I was thinking about this a little bit, and I was like, well, we saw a shift just a few years ago with fragrance, where now it's like the perfumers are the stars, mm-hmm. the guys cooking up and, or ladies cooking up the the juice. Yep. Do you think there's any hope for skincare <laughs> that we can get people like your Yourself out more in the forefront.
2: I think I think it's a trend. I really do. You do. I do. I do. Because basically, a lot of a lot of celebrities, uh, influencers are starting their own lines, or mm-hmm. at least becoming more vocal. So I think we're going to see more chemists uh, step out as well.
0: Oh, like they're going to want the chemists for credibility credi- or credi-
2: credibility, authority, and some chemists like myself might even launch and introduce their own line.
0: Right. Well, that's you, a yeah, good you segue. Yeah. Yes. So you, you just launched some products that are fantastic. The vitamin C, the like the barrier cream, right? Yeah, that's correct. So these are the two that we're starting with. Yes. Yeah, and so this you, is Beautystat. Yeah.
2: Beautystat Cosmetics Universal C Skin Refiner. Uh, that's our breakthrough patented stable vitamin C, 20% pure vitamin C, as well as our Universal Pro Bio Moisture Boost Cream. Two SKUs. Uh, Clinically tested, fantastic results in four weeks, and consumers seem to be really loving it.
1: Okay, we're calling it now. Like cosmetic chemists are the new derms and facialists. <laughs> okay. Like, remember all the facialists right. had yes. lines, yes. Right. Yep. and then the derms. Yep. You're the first. This is yep. your moment. Yep. <laughs> okay, so beauty stat, we're excited about, but even more excited. To ask you questions. Okay. (laughs) So just so you guys know, we source these from our Instagram and from our Facebook page. And if you are not a member yet, go to the episode recap and you can join our Facebook fan page. Ron, you can join also if it's you have time, but we'll let you in. Okay. We'll Thank let you. you in. Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, are you ready? First up, this yes, is perfect. It's about vitamin C. Yeah. So, how do you know if a vitamin C product is effective? We hear all sorts of things like it depends on the color of the bottle, the color of the product, the smell, what ingredients it's combined with. Give us your expert
2: My perspective on vitamin C is the customer-consumer needs to do two things. They need to check to make sure there's clinical testing results from an independent testing lab. They Mm -hmm. should look for that. And two, check reviews to make sure the product's not shifting in color or in terms of odor, because those are cues that the product might be oxidizing and may not deliver its results from the first use to the last.
1: Does that mean it wasn't formulated to be stable? Is that not good for your skin?
2: Well, well, well basically, it's not going to be effective if the product is oxidizing.
1: So if it changed color, I, that means it's not working as it's, well? It's not
2: working as well. Basically, oh, the, the, okay. the vitamin C is no longer active. It's become It's been rendered inactive and therefore not being able to deliver results. So... That's, Don't they
0: all change color though a little bit?
2: Not ours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. But, but
2: yes, a lot on the market they do shift. They do shift color.
0: Yeah, I need so, to pay closer attention. Yeah.
2: So consumers, yeah, again, look for clinical testing, and to make sure that they lo- read reviews to make sure that that particular product is not shifting color, oxidizing, and thus becoming inactive
1: and what about the product uh, jar does it doesn't matter if it's airless if it's glass I've heard it should be glass not plastic yes Vi-
2: vitamin C is a very sensitive ingredient so it does oxidize in the presence of air or light so the product should be in a, in a well-contained air almost airless type of prop uh, uh, package so therefore it doesn't get you know it doesn't no oxygen can get in or opaque so no light you know gets to it and, ter- and helps and makes it shift color.
1: Okay, and the last thing I think you sort of touched on this, but does it need to be in the presence of another thing like do you need it with vitamin E in order to make it work better?
2: well some when I formulate a product I, I want to make sure there's it's there's maybe multiple ingredients I may put in it in order to make to get a synergistic effect if you will, to make sure the product really delivers so so a good formulator may use multiple ingredients, but again, at the end of the day it's it's that testing does the product have clinical testing results that really shows from a third party that it delivers results.
1: Would they be on the website? Like, where would you find those?
2: On the product package copy, the brand brand website. If they have it and the results are good, they would show it. Oh, interesting. So
0: what about, you know, not to slag off the little guys, but the little brands, maybe they can't afford to do that kind of testing. Do you think that it's just kind of like them's the brakes for them, or do well, you feel like
2: if, if that's the case, then I think the consumers could rely on reviews, okay, and basically rely on other their peers to yeah. see, okay, did they use it and did they see good results, and then that would be that could be one way to vet.
0: So the because yeah, clinical testing is pretty expensive, right?
2: It's very expensive. It's very okay. expensive.
0: So another controversial topic, vitamins. Vitamin C was one. The second most popular thing was the essential oils. Mm. Are they bad or are they good? We've had guests come on who are definitively anti-essential oil, mm-hmm. and then we have some that, you know, we're just putting them in their products, you know, really proudly. So right. what what's your take on this whole thing?
2: Uh, my take is this. When you think about essential oils, they're really comprised of fragrance components. It's basically a lot of different fragrance elements inside one oil. Okay. So when you think about a consumer... That wants a product f- that's geared for sensitive skin. Usually, it's fragrance free.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: and the reason why it's fragrance free is because fragrance contains a lot of a lot of different types of chemicals, and a lot of them can be irritating to even those. Even natural that, fragrances, even even, if, even natural. So those aroma natural.
1: chemicals in there, yes. are
2: irritating. Are, are, can be irritating. Yes. So that's why people opt for the fragrance free option because they know, hey, I'm sensitive to that. I'd l- I wish they would launch a fragrance free version, which a lot of brands do. To address those that have sensitive skin,
1: and what if it's not like a lavender essential oil? It's something like rose hip that's like used as an active oil, or is that different?
2: Yeah, that, that, and that's another good point. That's one way some brands kind of get around having a nice scent mm-hmm. in the product, so they might pick an ingredient like chamomile, if you will. So chamomile has a primary benefit of helping to soothe uh, and calm irrit- irritated skin. The side benefit is that it has a nice scent to it. Mm-hmm. So, But it's it's not in there necessarily as a, as a fragrance, but it's there to help really serve a benefit of, of calming skin.
1: So what I hear you saying is it's not a black and white issue. It depends it's, on it, the oil it, and it, your it, skin. It,
2: on your skin. So if you're really sensitive, if you have really sensitive skin, Don't you shouldn't use essential oils.
1: That's so funny because a lot of the brands that are like, it's natural and clean for sensitive skin are the
0: ones that are f- mm. fragrancing them right. with essential oils instead of synthetic fragrances. Right. Do you and, think they do these companies just lack the knowledge, or do you think that they're trying to have you know have it always?
2: I think they they want to bend. They want to give the consumer a nice, a great experience, and, and scent is as a part of that f- to a, to a big extent. So they're about giving it, giving a nice, you know, really luxurious scent, and you, they they use oils. Yeah. To get there.
1: Yeah. Got it. Okay. Next up, just giving it to you straight: Are the expiration dates on products? Real.
2: Uh, no, what does that mean? Real. All <laughs> well, our
0: listeners. Well, Wait, well, that may have been my paraphrasing. Are, real? are they real?
2: <laughs> well, I think. I think. Well, cosmetic and beauty products are not. They're not. You don't. You don't mandate. You don't have to put an expiration date. It's oh, not like a prescription. You don't. But consumers kind of want to want to gauge. Like, does this last a year? Six months? Uh, you know my feeling, and I've done a lot of interviews about expiration dates, and my feeling is that we f- typically formulate a product to last about one to two years maximum, and that the clock starts ticking once you open up the product. Okay. However, it could vary depending on the type of product. An eye product, a mascara, or something where it's a, you know it's, you're using around the eye area, that you want to toss after six, six, three to six months. Because again, it's close to your eye. It's a very sensitive area where you're applying the products, so you don't you don't want to be using that the same mascara a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. want to toss those things. Common sense: store your products in a cool, dry environment. Close your jars tightly, cap your cap, you know, your tubes tightly, and store your product. You know, don't have it in. Don't leave your caps open. Don't, you know, don't you don't leave things in a hot humid uh, bathroom all the time. Oh so.
0: dear.
1: I just realized what I no, I just realized yeah. why people might ask that too. I think they think, "Oh, this company's just trying to sell me more." Like it still works after mm-hmm. a year. And I still have some left. They're just trying to me throw it out and buy a new one, which maybe that is the case. But that might be why someone asks about it. Do you find
2: that to be true? I, I, do, I do find that, yeah. Yeah. Brands are not really, they're not trying to, they they really would rather be safe, either be safe. Than, than buy sorry. more. Yes, and buy more. Okay. So, that's so
0: it. Was after like 12 months, it's not that suddenly like my Chanel cream has gone from being effective to ineffective. There's just a, like a degradation that happens after that.
2: That, right. that's, it's not yeah. like
0: it's black and white. it's the same thing. Yeah. It's not like it's black and white. Like oh, it's good and then it turned bad. Right. It's not milk, you right, know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, It's, right. it's going to be it's
2: going to be gradual. Okay. And then the other thing, the other cues you could pick up is it starting to dry out? Is it starting to separate? Mm-hmm.
0: Is the it separation shift, to big yeah. lines. Is it
2: shifting color? Is it turn, does it the, this odor is starting to turn a little bit? Those are cues. Toss it.
0: So my bathroom gets really hot and humid and all of my nice luxury skincare is in there. I, it sounds like I got to take it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, or Put an air conditioner in. <laughs>
0: oh my god, it gets so hot. Well, you yeah. know, it's, I don't have central AC. It's an old building. <laughs> um, but I, now I'm thinking of when I go home, I want to start bringing things to my dresser. Oh, Where do you right. store your products, yeah. Ron? I,
2: st- I I would store I store them in the, the bathroom as well. But I'm I'm careful. I Is know he a central AC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, I'm, I'm the same. old okay. apartment. No, no. Seriously, no. It's you. You want to make sure it's closed properly, and you have to do your you have to do your best, and then be co- be conscious of when it's time to really toss that product.
0: Okay, so okay, here's another big one. I'm surprised I didn't open up with this. <laughs> What's your take on parabens?
2: Parabens okay,
0: yeah
2: I've formulated with parabens you know I've been doing this for a long time i've formulated some of the early products that I've developed with parabens they They've been fine, however, we're in an environment now where one study comes out with 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 data that is a little bit scary. consumers. They run with it, and they and they <laughs> they actually demand that the manufacturers, hey, I don't want my product to have that.
1: Is there that study though?
2: There is some. There are some studies. What are about, people
1: like blowing out a purport? Like, what is that study? What's the study? Uh, the
2: the study is about that it, it may have some negative impact on Which ho- type on hormone. Well, it's, I think it's all of them. You know, there's meth- methyl butyl uh, paraben, those those types of parabens, and there's some studies that are showing that it may have some uh, some. Bad effects on hormones,
1: and they're in humans. These and tests, and the, these, are, these are so they these could are, be like endocrine yes, disruptors. Yes, correct. And then, what if we hear from someone like, "But parabens are what are in plants. It's what keeps plants preserved. It's a natural part of the world. Can we feel safer when we hear something like that?"
2: Well, again, not everything that's natural, when it's applied to our skin, is necessarily going to, going to be safe. So, the good news, the good news is that we have a lot of alternatives to preserve our products that don't require parabens. So the industry is basically, they've, they've given in. They've said, okay, consumers, we know you don't want parabens any longer. Hmm. We've moved on, they're out. We're using, other, we're using other ingredients that are safe and that are effective.
0: So just for ultimate clarity, do you think parabens are really bad? And then I have a follow-up.
2: Uh, I, as, as, I personally like do. To not. your family, would to you the, give
0: them a product with parabens? I
2: would. I would feel comfortable doing that. Okay,
0: family test. Yes.
2: Yeah. That that that's true. I would feel comfortable doing that. However, now that we've now moved into other ingredients,
0: mm-hmm.
2: there's no there's no longer there's no need to. So anymore. that's
0: perfect yeah. setup for my second question. How many like since so many since parabens? You said you know when you started working, you were doing stuff with parabens. Are they even in that many things anymore?
2: Not anymore. They've they've the, the companies have now removed mm-hmm.
0: them. Even if they don't lead with the paraben-free messaging, right? Correct. Okay, because I was looking in my medicine cabinet and I noticed that like very few, if any, of my products had paraben-free. And I'm like, oh, am I like the last holdout? <laughs> but then I was talking to someone and they said, well, the parabens aren't really like, they might not say it, but every company's taken them out. Right. You know, right. so. Thought that was reassuring. Yeah. I mean, I'm not terrified of parabens, and I'm less so just from this conversation, but. It's interesting. You don't need to necessarily look for that to feel completely safe.
2: You don't. And again, companies have moved on to other ingredients. So it's not like it's not like there's alternatives out there, basically.
1: Okay, this brings us to another question that comes up a lot from our listeners about, quote unquote, clean beauty. So I wanted to know what's your take on the trend? What does clean mean to you? But then also, are there any other ingredients you are concerned about, even though parabens might not be one of them?
2: Yes, certainly the formaldehyde one. That's clear. OK, <laughs> that's a, that's a clear. We know it's it's unanimous that, the, you know, everyone agrees that should be out. So that's so I'm there as well. Mm-hmm. Other ingredients, you know, I guess my backing up my overall my, my take on, on clean movement is that a lot of brands talk to, to clean, meaning what's clean, the the ingredients inside they claim are clean, but yet their product isn't a. A plastic package. <laughs> and what does that do to <laughs> So I'm like it you're clean on the inside but you're dirty on the outside. Do you mean just for
1: like <laughs> That's funny. You mean for like environmental reasons or because the plastic is leaching something into the
2: product? No, for for environmental okay, reasons. Gotcha, yes, gotcha. yes, yeah, because some of the clean movement is, is is environmentally focused. So it's it's both. It's both potentially irritating and then also potentially mm-hmm. not green.
1: I, I get it. But back to the clean thing. So you said formaldehyde obviously, but if you look at these they call them the no-no lists right. for a lot of these bl- brands that call themselves clean, some of them run 20, 30, 40 products lo- or ingredients long that they yeah. won't include. Is this just marketing hype or you know, is this where the whole industry
2: is going? I think I think the industry is going two places at the same time. Some are forging ahead, clean, clean, clean. <laughs> I'll tell you where I am. I'm on performance, performance, performance. Yes. <laughs> from so that's that, that's basically where. And where one ingredient that I that's on that could be on some people's dirty list. Dirty list. Yeah. That's what is called. I I that I'm not is silicones. Okay. Silicones. They're derived from sand.
0: Silica. Yeah, S- silica. silica yes. Silica. Yeah.
2: From sand, so basically, we, we take sand and basically we're able to 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 synthesize silicone out of out of sand, but it's gotten a really bad rap in in some circles, and that's that's one of those ingredients. Some people define it as as not clean, and other and others say it's okay.
1: Yeah, and that's what gives products like a nice slip,
2: right? There's nothing else like it.
0: I used <laughs> a, I used a vitamin C serum the other day that did not have silicone. And it dragged, like, on my face. I was like, why does this feel like that? And then I realized it's was probably the lack of silicone. I don't have a problem with silicone. But some people, I think we, we talked about this on the show at one point, like, if they don't like it, like, that's fine. But I, I don't want to sit on the mic and say that it's going to kill you. Right. Right? What yeah. is, if you look on a dirty
1: list, what would be the reasoning for no silicone? Have you ever found one that makes sense?
0: This, it, more environmentally
2: than anything.
1: mm because it's bad for the environment, making it, or the process of making the silicone,
2: oh the process of, of where it goes, you know, oh, wh- when okay. it's you know it's rinsed down the sink and every, and everything. And so what
0: happens when it's rinsed so, down the sink? You, you the know, poor is, little is, turtles, yeah, maybe something. Is
2: it you know? And this question is about: is it building up? Is it is it is it damaging to the env- environment? And I, I, I'm not there. I, I believe that it does it does recycle. In its in, in its in its own way, not to the extent of something like paper, uh, but I think it does recycle. So we're not going kind to of have like a
1: fatberg made of silicone in <laughs> the Pacific Ocean soon. Right. I don't okay. think so. At I don't think we're going there. And as far as
0: your skin goes, it doesn't clog pores? It doesn't clog pores. Okay. And again,
2: it's it's about texture. The texture is just, okay. there's nothing like it.
0: So our listeners, as you could tell from these questions, are very... Um, they really prioritize, like you know, information, and they're very savvy about you know seeking out the latest studies. Where is the best place? Like, where's the ultimate resource for our listeners, and consumers in general, to research ingredients?
2: I, I think I I I'd like to recommend two places. Well, really, one place: Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, what I like about Wikipedia, it's it's monitored, it's peers, it's experts uh, working as a group. There, there is no you can't go in with a bias because someone will check you.
0: That's interesting. Okay, yeah, because a lot of people they have, you know, they go to, and this is no shade or anything like environmental working group, but they right. go to Beautypedia or they go yep. to Joe Schmo's blog, and that's like their, they they come waving their study, right? But Wikipedia's this might be a good time balanced.
1: to remind that org does not officially make
0: you uh, right.
1: non-biased
2: right. resources, that's, isn't and, that and right? I, and that's my feeling. And, and, and I, again, Wikipedia, again, we I recommend, it's constantly being updated. So it's it's not something that's static where someone's site, what it says five years ago may be the mm, same thing today. That's interesting. That's
1: true because you're always having new research come out. Have you ever um, edited a Wikipedia entry? I'm, gone? Not,
2: I'm, not, I'm not a Wikipedia ed- editor, but w- that's what I do love. I do love the fact that it's, it's constantly being fact-checked. And you can see. I, yep. try,
1: I I edited once. and I, I Did made, you? Just to, it was famous people's birthdays. Oh and it was like the day. So I put my friend's name in it, who is not famous, I, and right. sent the link. And I was like, happy birthday. You're on
0: Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> and I was like, how long will it last? They checked like, you. It, like four hours later, one of the editors was, was like, this person isn't famous. Delete.
0: My friend <laughs> tried to put a scary ghost story to scare a friend on the way up to like an upstate house. In a Wikipedia? Yeah, entry. yeah oh said like, that this, like this town was where like 80 children were like murdered. Like, how long it, did it last? Did it, like a second. In. We should have They are quick. They are quick. Because he's very afraid of, like, ghosts He was spooked out by, like, the whole environment <laughs> of, like, funny. you know, like, upstate, like, no street lamps, uh-huh. all that. The paraben goes upstate <laughs> yeah. <lot> <laughs> So don't make that mistake. we wasted a lot of time. <laughs> okay. That's excellent
1: advice. So um, speaking about ingredients in particular, if you use a product with retinol or a retinoid, which has somewhat of an exfoliating effect, yeah. and you also like an exfoliating acid, like, say, glycolic. Do you need to sort of rotate or alternate them? Or can you use those at the same time? Are you going to burn your face off? How's it work?
2: Well, the skin can multitask. So so you you could throw a couple of, you know, throw a bunch of things at it. And it'll it'll do oh hydroxy acids okay I'll exfoliate oh retinol oh I'll 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 speed up the cell turnover oh this you know so it could do it could do multiple things, but why would you want to do that you know if you have a certain concern beauty concern skin concern, I, I recommend one treatment at a time. In other words, you have one step that's really that's going to be your targeted treatment. So after cleansing, you know whatever that product is, whatever that serum is that, that's targeting or addressing your concern, use that at that time. Then follow with your moisturizer, uh, uh, SPF. Ron,
1: we got lots of concerns. concerns. What yeah. if our list is yeah. like five concerns? So
2: you have day and night. You hopefully, everyone, <laughs> hopefully, everyone's cleansing their skin day and night, and that's your time to then use the other one if you feel you have another need that needs to be addressed. So that's what, that's what I recommend.
0: So do you think it's like really crazy when people are like, I take my three serums and I mix them all together and then I pat them on my face? Or like I'm a K-st- K-beauty person. I have 10 steps with 30 different actives.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I recommend to, to simplify it a little bit. As I, as I said, your skin can multitask. It can do. But why would you? And especially if your skin is more sensitive. And you'd really want to know what's what's what what's what's working and what's not. And if you're mixing everything, then it's just hard to tell.
1: That's a good point to talk about. Like you might want to introduce one at a time. Too, I'm guessing. Yep. So, you do. You do. And how long do you have to give it before you're like, okay, this one didn't work. Moving on.
2: Well, uh, give it the, give it the time that the brand recommends. There's some directions in terms of are you going to see something in two, four, six weeks, and then you know uh, follow follow it and and then judge judge after that.
0: So this is a related question about mixing ingredients. Can products,
2: quote unquote,
0: or ingredients cancel each other out? I love this. We got so many <laughs> so of this. So many people yes. think but this. I think you know, I think it too. Sometimes I'm like, okay, is my glycolic killing my? I don't. I don't know. My rosehip oil. My <laughs> right. retinol.
2: No, again, your skin can multitask, and there are few few ingredients that really cancel or neutralize each each other. So, this is
0: such an urban myth, yeah, right? Yeah. So
2: you, you you're you're really fine, but again. Why do you need to throw so much at your skin at one time? Treat, you know, Use one product, one treatment product, maybe to, to really get the benefit out of it. And then use the, the other step or your other type of product at another time of day.
1: Okay. And if you're worried that, like you said, there's a couple of things that might not cancel. Isn't it true that you put it on and and give it a minute to absorb or so, and then you'd still be fine to put on the other one?
2: You do. You want it to absorb because you know if you if, if you, you want it to at least dry down a little bit so that you could apply the next one and smoothly... Evenly.
1: Oh, without like pilling yes. or anything. Yep. Okay. Last question from our listeners before we have our own question. Um, <laughs> are products that claim to prevent quote unquote blue light damage necessary or are there other protective products we're already using that takes care of that? Like what's up with this blue light trend?
2: I think the blue light, It's. I think it's a little bit of marketing to some extent. My feeling is that the more research needs to be done in terms of whether the blue light from our devices is actually causing any damage. I think more research needs to be needs to happen there.
0: Because we all feel like, oh my God, I stare at a computer all day and right. it's just like killing yeah. me with the
2: invisible rays. A lot right.
0: of big, big companies are putting like, you know, ones with big, big budgets and R&D. They're talking about blue light production. So I figured this is really legit. You're not completely convinced yet.
2: Well, well are they talking blue light from... That comes from the sun because no, it is. It, no, it, it, they're talking tech, about they're t- tech, t- protect, from tech, tech from devices.
0: Tech protection. Okay. Yeah. okay. I just picked up my phone. I don't know why. Because you want to
1: take a blue light. Yeah. Sure, that's yeah. a good point. Which is, it's a wavelength that you're naturally getting from UV light, yeah. and you want to protect from UV light. Right. That we know for sure. That right? we know. Yes, that okay. we know.
2: So that is, that's a concern. I think that what's unknown is how, what to what extent the that is there damage coming from my phone or computer screen. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Now we get to ask our own question. Okay. Go, Jess.
0: So we want to know. I mean, you're you're the you're the authority. You're the expert. What's in your Dob kit? What skincare products are you using every day? Oh my god. You look great.
2: I use so much. You have to see this man. I use so much, and also.
0: You just told yeah, us to simplify. Yeah, yes. I you know, but
2: I am so so testing. I test a lot. Uh, I'm testing, okay. so it, it's kind of it's kind of different in that in that respect, but. Let's get into it. Okay, Tell let's us. get into it. Mm-hmm. What I'm testing are new products that I plan um, we plan to launch under Beauty stat cosmetics so mm. that's that's what I've been busy testing more than anything these days.
1: Okay before you decide to launch your own company, what were some of your go-to's?
2: A, a lot of the products that a lot of beauty editors have been sending me to, uh, assist- oh. to yeah uh, ah, I see.
1: can you tell can you name now that you no longer work there any products you ever developed for a big famous company? Are you still, like, under an NDA or something? Oh,
2: no, I could tell you. No, tell I, me. I developed a lot of the, the early Clinique turnaround products. I developed oh, a lot cool. of those. So turnaround for eyes? Turnaround for ter eyes, face, oily skin. I, so I developed a lot of those early products. So, Neat. So that was my big, you know, Development heyday for for a clinic. and then others at Avon and L'Oreal and Long You got
1: you have some Anu products, a big in there. ones.
2: Anu did a lot of Anu products. So these so are some, good some, staples. Some, I miss
0: those pads. They had peels. two pads. Yes, that,
2: that's a bestseller. They're they're, they're the the Anu uh, retexturizing. Do peel. they still make them? Yes, the they two, still make oh, Those
0: were so good.
2: One of the things that I that I worked on was taking that from a two step to a one step we, d- we didn't have to do the neutralizing step in the peel we we're able to do it all in one so it simplified the experience for consumers
0: very
1: cool you're a genius i need to so, like <laughs> can we just like keep you in our pocket i know for, like questions you on might demand. be on call you <laughs> might I'd be lo- getting I'd some
2: lo- i'd love to come back this is so much fun thank you this was, you. was great oh. we'll get 10
1: more questions Gosh, just... we'll have you back next year okay. no problem <laughs> right. thank you cool. so much ron thank
2: you so much i really appreciate it thank you so much appreciate it
1: Of that but once i stuck with the habit i really noticed a difference in my skin i am not the only one in a clinical study taking hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mascara. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off. First of all, before we raise the wand, there's no way we can't have Ron Robinson back on this podcast. I love him. I, we need 10 more questions. I want to hear his life story. (laughs) Like I'm calling it now. He's going to be like... Another uh, is going to be a repeat yeah, guest. What did you
0: guys think of it? Let, let, let me know what you thought of the episode. And yes, please. Yeah, because I'm genuinely curious because we are so excited about this one. Yeah. Okay, right, raise a wand. So this is corny, but I'm raising a wand to Eric
1: Sullivan, <laughs> my husband, <laughs> but it has to do with my butt acne. Aww. I'm going to round out the summer. A lot of people have been DMing me, people I see in my life. They're like, how's the butt acne doing? Because I know I've been talking about it oh all my summer. God. So I raise a wand to Eric because... He finally noticed that it's getting better. Oh, that's sweet. Men he, don't the, notice anything. He hasn't noticed all along. As you guys know, the two winning products that really cleared me up were the Hibiclens Cleanse Cleanser, okay. which gets rid of all sorts of bacteria because it's a surgical wash. I'll put a link on the episode and on the blog. And then Skin Fix AHA Body Cream. So I'm taking care of both the keratosis pilaris. The folliculitis, and if there was some p in there, which there probably wasn't, <laughs> it's good. So he was just like lightly touching me, nothing sexual. And he goes, your butt feels different. I was like, because it's not bumpy. Like he didn't, yeah. re- he didn't realize until it was gone. But I'm going to stop talking about my butt acne. The summer is over. I'm done with it. It's cured. Raise a wand to my husband for f- putting up with raise me. Raise a wand to butt. Eric. He is a total mensch. <laughs> and by the time you listen to this, he and I will be in our honeymoon. So there you oh. go. What are you raising a wand to?
0: All right. I'm calling this one. I'm going to start calling these If You're Rich. Okay? Okay. (laughs) If, If You're Rich. Jen and I went to the Sizzly Paris... Um, foundation launched like about two months ago. It was a rainy morning. It was a wonderful launch. Oh though. my God, they had really good breakfast. Oh my God, it was at, um, sh- 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 not Shuba. The French fried Wait, potatoes. What is it called? Shuka. It Shuka. Like Shuka. Shuka. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my God, the French toast with the chocolate. Oh, oh you went, yes. Yeah. That I was went your ham. No, you did. Um, yeah. So Razor went to Shuka down, I think it's on McDougal Street. Um, <laughs> Their food is freaking amazing. Okay. But what I really want to talk about is that they launched their Phyto 10 Fidotin, whatever. Ultra Eclat, oil-free. your French? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> like, la, la, your
1: French just sounds like tired.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to sound blasé and nonchalant like... With a je ne sais quoi. Yeah, like it's Julie Delpy. Okay, Go ahead. Okay, ten Ultra Eclat, oil-free, long-lasting foundation. Why do you love it? Okay, first of all, this thing's $95, but I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's worth every penny. I put it on i had to put it on with a beauty blender cuz with my it's very pigmented so if i put it on with my fingers i feel like it looks kind of patchy or like it's picking up some of my vellus hair <laughs> but i use a beauty blender really soak it up squeeze it out and then put a few dabs of the the fido on and i tap onto pat, the blender onto the blender oh, okay. yeah that's how i've been using it i don't no, know if sorry. that's the appropriate way and i pat it on it really gave me I, I wanted coverage so if you don't really want coverage um it's not like a Like a stage makeup, like 1993. Well, it says it's light coverage. Oh. But. Uh, maybe I just like... I'm, but so the you French st-
1: version of light coverage, am I wrong here? French light coverage is like American medium coverage. I, mean, I would say
0: it's medium. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can control it with the blender and how much. So I don't, don't get hung up on how much coverage. But I definitely felt like my skin was perfected. It felt glowy. It didn't feel powdery to the finish after. But it didn't feel like, oh, God, this is going to slide off my face by, you know, 1130. Like a lot of tinted moisturizers can do. Also, I've been on tinted moisturizer kick for like the past, I would say, at least nine months. So this this was kind of like a shock to the system, like, oh, I can look nicer. Oh, like so. stepping up your coverage, more <laughs> yeah. perfected, more yeah. fresh, More, more professional. and it was a great base for my bronzer. I put a little liquid um, highlighter, and my friend Sam at work, she said to me, she was like, What's going on today? What did you differently? What did you do differently? You look younger and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, really, the only thing I switched up was this foundation. So nice. if you can, if you live by a sizzly counter, it's definitely worth popping over and getting a hit. But I, you might be addicted. And I'm sorry. It's very expensive. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Fat Mascara is produced by our friends at Atwell Media. You can check out our website, FatMascara.com, for episode recaps, product recommendations, and discount codes. And if you want to reach us directly, email us at
1: info@fatmascara.com, or you can follow us on social, at Fat Mascara, shoot us a DM. And we'd love if you went over to iTunes and threw us a rating. How many stars? Five. Five, please. or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off.